I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello! And welcome to Jokes with Mark Simmons, the podcast where I chat to another comedian about jokes they can't get to work. As always, I am joined by... He's bobbing up and down. He's excited. He's got some energy for this intro. It's only Cool Producer Joel. Hey, Mark. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Cool Producer Joel. I'm great. Great, 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 great. Lots of gigs. Yeah. Some more of these. Whereabouts where are the gigs been? <laughs> some more gigs. <laughs> Where did you gig at the weekend? <laughs> oh, Norwich, Laugh in the Park. Mm-hmm. Really and was fun. It? Oh, it was yeah. a bloody laugh. Never guess where it was. Tell me. In the park. Car park, a car park. It wasn't a car park, actually. It was a oh. it was a green park, and it was mm. in like a tent. Nice. I, did, nice. I didn't even do the classic, oh, this is intense. Tense, yeah, good. Which technically doesn't work because it's only in one tent. Only, yeah, true, this very is, true. This is intent. Different different joke altogether then. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. Um, so we did that. Yeah, just great stuff. Um, what have you been doing, cool producer Joel? Uh, glad you asked. I, I've just come back from a big lads weekend in Bournemouth. Why are you... Why? Why am I never told about any of these things that you do, Joel, <laughs> before they happen? I, I like to spring them on you as a surprise afterwards. Joel, mm. I'm a lad. No. This is true. Why wasn't I not invited? Because you got gigs. I tried to invite you to my birthday. Yes. But you said, oh, I'm doing a gig in Taunton for 30 quid, so I can't come. I mean, n- none of that's true. <laughs> Taunton, what a random place for you I don't to know. I don't know. I don't know where, A, the place or the amount of money came from. <laughs> yeah. But you did say you weren't willing to offer a fee to come to your birthday Yeah, party. I did say I wouldn't pay you to come to my birthday so, party. Yeah. That's, 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 that's on you, Joel. Mm. Um, so Bournemouth, lads, lads, lads. What full weekend? Full weekend. Stag- Friday Stag- through till it? Sunday. It wasn't, but it might as well have been because that's all that there was in Bournemouth was just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stag do's. Are you just making the most of the fact that you had COVID recently and you're definitely not going to get it for a yeah, while? Big time, big time. Wow. Yeah. And what what was it like? Was it good? Uh, it was lots of fun. Do you remember it? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, had, I had a lovely time. Yeah. Getting yeah. proper drunk, did you? Yeah. Hung over? Yeah. What did you do during the day? Uh, went to the beach. Went to the beach? Yeah. Oh. Played football on the beach. Football? Quite. Played football on the beach. <laughs> Feeling quite injured now. Oh, are you? To be honest. Well, you know what it's like. It's seven lads playing some sport. And it was on pebbles. It's just... Yeah, exactly. It was just... It was too aggressive. Oh, 
Ah, well, that's, that's fun. But there we go. I had a nice you time. You look fresh-faced. You look like you don't look like you've just yeah. had a heavy one. No, I had a clean shave when I got back to sort of... You did have a clean shave. That's the difference. Well, I, I, it's two weeks till I'm 30, so I'm really trying to look as young as possible. What's oh, not going on about your bloody birthday? <laughs> well, I assume <laughs> in lieu of you coming, there'll be a lovely present delivered to me or something. <laughs> in lieu of me coming? I'm not, I'm not coming. Exactly. Is that what that means? Yeah. In, in lieu of you not coming, isn't it? Wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Because in lieu of... I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Shall we Google it? <laughs> no. What, do, um, what does in lieu mean? Because in lieu, when you're at work and you have time, you time in, in lieu, lieu, you get time off for the shits. That's a terrible it, joke in there. It means uh, it means you've 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 you, you've got the time to. I don't know. How's that linked to what you've just said? I don't know. Hang on. I want to find out, Joel, but in you don't see... Well, you do it, Joel. You do it. You've got the tap, tippy-tappy skills. What does it mean to say in lieu of, in place of, instead of? Mm, so so right. you were right. Yeah. There we go, Joel. So, I, Joel, it, I am always happy to admit when I'm wrong. And in this case, thank, I am wrong. Thank, shout out but to my English degree. because you're not getting a present. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like? What would you like for your birthday, Joel? You can't... I can't tell you what I'd like. You have to know. We've never done presents before, Joel. No, we haven't. I mean... We might have bought each other Nando's at some point. We did, yeah. I thought, I thought, that's, what, yeah that's what I'd like. Have, oh, okay. Let's have a Nando's. Okay, that'd be nice. Um, okay, Joel. Let's get... We've got, we've got a great podcast ahead. We've got... Oh, I chatted loads. Um, it, time flew. So we've got a lot of bonus podcasts uh, over at the Patreon. Also, 361 mm-hmm. Jokes, five at a time over on the Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, Joel... As you are aware, um, we there's different tier systems on the Patreon. First tier, uh-huh. you get your audio. Second tier, you get some video. And then the third tier, the top tier, if you uh, if you have any trouble with any of your jokes, we will help you out. We'll have a chat about them on the podcast. And that will happen in the outro of this podcast. So if you want to hear about <laughs> that, keep listening after the podcast. But Joel, before that, who is this week's guest? It is the one and only... Charlotte Reagan. Charlotte Reagan. Whoa, whoa! Charlotte <laughs> Reagan. Get it in your ears. So, how you write, but the product is still what you get to is the same, or has that changed mm. as well? Yeah, I guess it has. It would have to. I mean, if you're Joe aren't improving <laughs> get out of the game I mean, I mean sort of style wise style wise yeah yeah um <laughs> would would have changed a bit all right yeah probably well like in the beginning i was a one-line guy it was like you I yeah didn't know that and very very beginning all i did was set up punchline right and i was obsessed with it and dimitri martin and um stephen wright were my idols and you know, I was obsessed with that, and I wrote like hundreds and hundreds of them uh, in around 2000. Like this makes me sound really old, but in around 2003 and 2004, mm. that was all I did. Wow! Uh, I had no interest in telling stories. Uh, but weirdly, the tradition of one-liners—I'm not blaming Ireland for this—but the tradition of one-liner comedians doesn't extend to Ireland. Ireland doesn't really have anyone of note. Who does that? No. When you think about it, right? 
Isn't that strange? For all the rich comedic tradition that the country has produced, where is the set-up punchline person? Yeah, you know what? When there is when um, I was a big Father Ted fan, and I when I first saw Ardell O'Hanlon do stand-up, I I thought he was going to be one-linery because his character is very kind of because mm. they are one-liners essentially. Him being an idiot as Dougal, but yeah, you're right. That hasn't yeah. it's, it's a storytelling. Yeah. yeah, and then weirdly, now that it's so funny you bring him up. One of my first writing jobs was with him, oh. and uh, I was in university, and he came in and did a speech at our debating union, and I got up and did a speech too. And he asked me afterwards, "Would you like to pop over to my house and we'll do a bit of writing together?" Yeah, no way. And really, I didn't write like finished bits for him, but we basically did a writing think tank together. Yeah. He did certain bits, but was always with him a bit like the way um, Judd Apatow describes writing for uh, Gary Shandling. He loved the premises mm. and would make it like his own. Right. Uh, like he's an amazing writer and I learned loads and loads there. But like I said, I was really obsessed with one liners, but couldn't quite get them to fly Partially because a lot of them were dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the law were, of numbers, Were they right? too cheesy or were they like, because Dimitri Martin, were they a bit too thinky for the audience? Mm, um, look, uh, some of them weren't funny. <laughs> <laughs> Principally, that would be identified as uh, one of the key problems with those jokes. They, some of them were super cheesy. Like I can remember one of the first ones I wrote was... Um, I still like this joke. Uh, my brother is having psychotic episodes where he thinks he's a bear. And my family was really worried there for a while, but thankfully he's out of the woods now. <laughs> That's a really good joke. I love that So is that joke. one that did work? Uh, yeah, but like it was all diminishing returns. You still get a, a groan at times, I would think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, mm. I just felt like I was... I wasn't getting anywhere with them in the sense that people would expect you to stop doing this. Yeah. When you were up there five minutes in, they would they would be like, all right, now, when are you going to start talking like a normal human being? <laughs> <laughs> They're looking at each other. Like, I'm not saying that Irish audiences were just going the, like, I can't grapple with the concept of a one liner comedian. Like it was all part partially me hiding mm. as well. Like I wasn't comfortable yeah. enough on stage to go. Here's how I talk. <laughs> did, I was going. This is how I did talk. you did you adopt a, ca a weird character for the one liners or did you just say the it, jokes? Two. I wasn't myself. No. I mean, I don't think Dimitri Martin is himself. I don't think Stephen Wright's himself. No. I think that there is a there's a certain shielding going on there by like Mitch Hedberg was a huge hero of mine. And I can remember the day he died and everything. And I can, I was at just for laughs when uh, Dimitri did a show and his parents were going to be at the show. And my wife and I nearly sat at the table that they were meant to sit at. Yeah. It had the Hedberg family <laughs> written on it. And like, I was so obsessed with all of these people that it was impossible not to adopt some sort of character mm. because it felt like that was the only way that it could work. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure you felt that at the beginning mm. 
of your journey too, because it's like, how how else would a human talk like this like, yeah. if they weren't a little peculiar? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my my per, my character was never like, hey, I'm I'm a weirdo, but it was it was much more uh, laid back kind of. As, mm. I wouldn't say stonery, ah, but okay. it was definitely much more. Look, it was just, it just wasn't, it was a bit slower. So, so did you find that it, it was hard to progress when you were doing that act? With well, the I, I remember being on stage at the Comedy Cellar in Dublin and having to drop the act on stage, sitting down. Oh, really? And going, I can't do that anymore. I really can't. <laughs> and uh, kind of explaining to the audience what I was trying to do and going, I'm going to have to stop. Really? Uh, <laughs> Mid-gig. I love that. <laughs> I did. Mid-gig. And uh, they were re- like, they're amazing audiences. You've, you've played in Ireland, I'm sure. Mm. And they are incredible audiences. But the thing that you have to reckon with in Ireland, and I know that this is a cliche to say this is, that a lot of the people in the audience are as funny as the comedians yeah 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 like no i'm not exaggerating mark <laughs> you'll go to the audience and they will have either comebacks or <laughs> their own anecdotes and they're so solidly funny and aware of pacing and punchline <laughs> <laughs> the 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 bar for you as the performer in Ireland yeah. is that they're sitting there a lot of the time, or you certainly feel this sometimes, that they're going, that could just as easily be me up there, you know. <laughs> I could be up there. I mean, why the fuck am I listening to this lady? You could be at home right now telling some of me own stories. <laughs> <laughs> you, you feel it a little bit. because. And when I sat down and said all this to them, I was sitting on the stool and leaning on my own. <laughs> on my knee going this was the plan but this is not going to happen anymore i'm going to have to change all this and i think i tried i'd love to have seen this i know i I don't i I record every gig i do but i definitely wasn't recording them at that time and uh i think i tried to tell a story at that point and honestly the response like I feel bad now when I look back on it in some ways because I was totally led by the audience and their expectation. I didn't stick to my guns as to what I wanted to do, mm. but it did feel more me. Yeah, it just felt more truthful. Mm. Uh, so heading down the storyteller route was the decision I made that night. And I think Mark, and this is the truth of it, actually, now that I cast my mind back, because it was quite a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm in comedy a long time. I left my job in 2006 and uh, I took six months off after that gig. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. And I I had, and I remember people going, are you not gigging anymore? And I said, I'm taking six months off to figure this out and do it differently. Uh, and I came back with a set that was not one line mm. liners because up to that point, those one liners like you'll remember this as well, that at the start, it was a really great benefit to be a one-liner comedian for competitions yeah. because you could get so many more punchlines into your set uh, that you, you you were immediately at an advantage to everyone else who was doing a long setup. 
and those one-liners had got me to the final of So You Think You're Funny and the BBC New Comedy Award, the Chortle student thing. Uh, And they weren't brilliant, but the sheer (laughs) blizzard of numbers, (laughs) just the law of averages meant that I I feel, I'm talking myself down. They were decent. They just weren't me. The bear in the woods joke alone, mate, will get get, (laughs) get you through to that final. But weirdly, Mark, I took a lot of them uh, because I still like writing them. Mm. Uh, and I put them in my greeting cards uh, because while some of them definitely wouldn't work on stage, the, across that six months, I started to produce my own greeting cards and I called them greeting cards for situations that modern greeting card companies are currently catering for. <laughs> and one of them on the outside read, will you marry me? Uh, and I say to the audience, this is a card to propose. I mean, there's no proposal cards yeah. on the market. And the joke was, what person wouldn't like to be proposed to through the means of a 250 piece of cardboard? (laughs) (laughs) On the outside, it reads, will you marry me? And on the inside, it reads, only messing. I think we should see other people. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, that can't work as a joke, joke, right? There's no way of writing that as a joke. But the medium of the card and the artifice of I am a legitimate piece of publishing (laughs) you have someone's gone to the effort of writing and producing and printing this card you've removed it from an envelope read the outside and thought how nice (laughs) and then had your expectation flipped on the inside to me i'm amazed to this day that cards aren't funny yeah yeah so i've been producing those cards since then and i make a new range Every year. Really? Yeah, 10 new Christmas cards come out every Christmas. And I have customers who come back and back um, and buy them. And I make nothing off them. Like, I probably make a loss. But but that's just because of the sheer cost of producing, uh, you you know, artisan Christmas (laughs) cards. But honestly, Mark, the joy is as high as the experience that you have writing the jokes you write. When people tell you that card man Mm. that card was the talk of our christmas table yeah yeah (laughs) we keep them all (laughs) i framed mine like that's a lovely that's great man and jokes are so ethereal they really do disappear do they not yeah yeah, yeah. that's why you need a special but there's something about a card you just keep it right whether the jokes even that funny or not people do tend to keep their so you still got that outlet for it that's great so when so when you started doing stories, you took that six months. Mm. Was it was was it totally to try and get some stuff together, or were you still sort of? I'm not really sure what I want to do. Yeah, I think the Seinfeld uh, I'm, uh, documentary had come out. Comedian had oh, come yeah. out roughly around the same time, and that went in hard. Like it's one of the greatest com- mm. comedic documentaries ever made maybe the yeah, best it's on youtube people should check it out yeah and in that the the essential tenant of it is that he's thrown out all his old material starting from scratch mm. having written this body of work that is beloved to the point where he essentially did a retirement ceremony for that material because it's been it's worth billions of dollars yeah. <laughs> and uh, like I think that that kind of went in 
to the some of the thinking on it because I was like, it is possible to kill all these jokes. Mm. And when you're starting out, there is a sense that oh, oh well, how could I do that to my my opponent? My, got my, seven my children. <laughs> Who would, who would do such a thing? Uh, but really, it was exactly what needed to be done. Yeah. And that in, in some ways, there nearly should be a law that you should have to kill all your jokes from so you think you're funny yeah. and these things uh, <laughs> that, that, that get you on the map over here. Because we know comics that have been a bit hamstrung by that seven minutes of gear mm. that they can't stray away from or they're forever closing on. And uh, yeah, so for that six months, I was of the attitude of that's gone now, that's in the bin. And I did just write and write and write for that six months. Now, I didn't come out the gate directly afterwards with like bangers, but Mm. just that sense that I wasn't. But did you refuse to do the other stuff? You had a a rule that you weren't going to do. Yeah, I did. Mm. And uh you know, it took a while. Yeah. It definitely took a while and it took some patience. But thankfully, as I said, the cards, I could bring them on stage. Yeah. I could actually have this section where I had the cards blown up to uh, a, 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 a two, a two or a three. And I can actually remember doing the cards in England. And I said, I've made these cards. I've blown them up. And someone said, typical Irish. (laughs) That's a good heckle. (laughs) That just came back to me. Uh, (laughs) It's blown stuff up. And uh, yeah, so that was a crutch for a while. That was a good, good old Mm. go-to whip these out it's a a really unique thing that nobody else is doing and i also wrote one story that just like uh it flew off the bat right and uh you know then then you feel like you didn't you need that don't you you need one where you're going to hang your hat oh that's the proof that i can do this and if anybody asks what's your what's your best joke you have one there Mm. you can also try out anywhere then because you're like well i have this thing that i know works Mm. and i can kind of do it anywhere and get the same response and if i can and the thing with stories is just padding that out not padding it but embellishing it and trying to see how long it can go is the challenge that you kind of have your end yeah okay and once once you're once you're there well well then it's about well how do we get people to that point mm. uh like i'd love to talk about this joke that i when we get to it about this joke that i'm currently working on oh, yeah. uh but uh, yeah like real life it's mining real life that's the thing it's the opposite in many ways to what you do and we've talked about mm. this that like you you can pluck anything from the air whereas i really felt at that time it has to be grounded in reality yeah. because they can tell if it's not and that became my, my kind of mantra at the time yeah did you find that it was like when coming to writing at your hour and stuff well, i suppose you never tried to write an hour with one-liners but i imagine no. it's i imagine it's nicer knowing that you just need to cut a few stories 
mm. yeah. rather than yeah. have to write 300 jokes. Yeah. And I mean, look, there had to be that too. If you're struggling to get through 20 minutes, mm. how the hell yeah, yeah, yeah. are you going to get to But to I think 60? a lot of people do that, don't they? They start, like you say, with the competitions, it's a lot better easier to get to the laugh quicker mm. but it, to, to sustain it it's over 20 plus minutes it's it is hard it's not yeah uh, and look that's that's probably what scares a lot of people off doing mm. what you do in that in that way but i do remember going to see jimmy in uh the olympia early on oh no it was vicar street actually and recognizing that he had already figured out that well i have to change the pace time and place for these and he had the table yeah and the chair to sit at and i think yeah he had various different items and projections to to get him mm. through stuff but i also remember him not being able to get through the gig without dealing with just heckle after heckle after heckle people just wanted to be punched in the face by jimmy Carr. that was <laughs> That, like I, I just couldn't understand it. I was really embarrassed for Dublin because I was like, it happens why? everywhere. I watched him in Folkestone, and it was this one person really derailed it because they just would not stop because they were pissed. And I guess I think people because they know he's good at dealing with it, they all want to see it and challenge him, don't they? Mm, yeah, it's the it's the jousting. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's the uh, prize fighter who will take on all comers. Yeah. <laughs> and, but like he's he's knocking them out. This is the thing. <laughs> like that guy in Folkestone must have been like shit faced. Oh, he because... was. He just wouldn't stop. No, like Jimmy was beating him constantly. But 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 <laughs> but if you just keep going, then you don't care that you're being beaten. Then there's not there's nothing that could be done other than chuck the bloke out. Yeah, and they didn't. I can't. I think they did eventually. But it took a while. Yeah. They're up on a balcony. I think it was an awkward position. <laughs> I mean, but this is the thing in the Olympia as well. There's those boxes, you know, where the posh people yeah. sit. I mean, if the person is like one of the Muppets yeah. up there heckling <laughs> him, yeah, it's very hard to carry on with the show yeah. because he's still visible at all times. <laughs> oh, man. But like it was joyous in so many ways to watch him do mm. that. And like in so many ways now this in the in the game this long people when people ask me what do you think of hecklers what what, what do you do you like getting heckled some people ask it that yeah. you like do you like it when the audience gets involved i don't know why they all talk like that but they tend to <laughs> I, I, I actually do i actually do quite like mm, same yeah are you the same it keeps me on my toes because it, it gives you something different to take away from the gig mm. and also there's just been a misunderstanding it's like yeah. they've they've fatally misjudged the situation yeah. <laughs> it's not gonna work out for them <laughs> i kind of love that part of yeah, it yeah. because they don't realize that everyone is on your side <laughs> as well yeah nobody's on their side except those yeah. one that, the only things you can't do i think i can't deal with is when if you have a gig where the audience don't like you and then someone starts it's very hard to then bring it back because they don't think you're funny so no matter what you say if the other person says go yeah yeah i agree with that guy actually yeah <laughs> this is shit isn't it <laughs> it doesn't happen often but back when like, but that sort of 
bit where you're going from being a beginner to trying to get 20s and you've just probably got 18 minutes and then if it's not going well you've got nowhere to go at all and then the sweats and then they heckle and then there's just nothing you can do it's just it's just, oh mark that's tough it's just man. being repeatedly stabbed with, with your arms tied behind your back <laughs> yeah because i always think that uh like i find british audiences so empathetic to the newcomer mm. uh, that when they'll just will them over the line nearly yeah. with the newer act that if somebody heckles someone in that setting I can't believe that they take the side of a random person off the street trying to kill your dreams. Like, it's just very hard. Yeah. Where was that 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 happened to you? I mean, multiple times, but in the, I mean, in Coventry, Coventry showcase cinemas, it was a cavernous place. Did you, did you do that? Oh, I know it well. Yeah. And I, I think four or five times in a row I died there. But I kept getting booked, which was really weird. Um, <laughs> Adnan is a lovely yeah, man. Yeah, and I don't think he <laughs> took feedback, and he was never there. So <laughs> I just kept... After the first time I died there, because basically one time it wasn't a mean heckle, but what, the, what this guy kept telling me was every time someone else left the room because they were they hated it. So you go, yeah, there's another another one gone, <laughs> which, which in retrospect is a really funny heckle. Um, but yeah, after that, I was like, I oh, won't be getting put there again. And then I got an email through for another date. I was like, oh, this is weird. And it just kept, and it kept happening. But then I worked out how to play it eventually. But mm. um, but yeah, that was one of the places. <laughs> oh, man, that is a tough room, though. I don't, like, that place is tough. Uh, like, it's kind of set up like a Hogwarts drinking hall yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. Like, it's very boozed up. Mm. Uh, and yeah, and your stuff requires people to tune in. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, and also, I didn't have enough gear back then, really, for oh, the gear. This is the thing, isn't it? Mm. That, that, like, you know, the way I don't want to bring this up, but you know, the way England lost the Euros. <laughs> <laughs> Only took 40 well, minutes. Gareth Southgate didn't do the thing that all comedians know to do. I really felt like Gareth. Uh, did his set and had no if this joke doesn't work <laughs> I'll put out a one liner I'll, I'll I'll go this way yeah yeah uh, this is more this look this is just he just didn't smell the room at all his opener went down a storm yeah yeah it got <laughs> he killed with the opening joke and then he was just clinging on <laughs> to, to, to that one joke. <laughs> to that one joke. Ten minutes in. You remember the first joke? <laughs> Boy, that first joke. <laughs> yeah, like I don't, I don't know, but the not having enough stuff at the start is probably where so much nerves comes from in comedy. When people say to you, oh, I, I don't know if I could do that. Yeah, of course you don't know if you could do that because you have no jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you've no bullets in your gun. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you're, you're not going to think yeah, you can do it. going out to a shootout and going, I don't know if I could do this. Yeah, you haven't <laughs> got a gun. You can't do it. It's not, you can't. No one would even think to try to do it without a gun. <laughs> Yeah, of course you can't do it. <laughs> like when people say, um, 
that to me, like I used to go, oh, no, anyone can do it. I mean, the only difference between comedians and normal people is we write down the funny things that we observe and then work on them a little bit uh, and then go on stage. And then I got to a certain point where I was just like, no, you couldn't. You couldn't do it, (laughs) even even if you tried. So, uh, so have you got any bits down that uh, that you recent bits that you had to? So many. Oh, really? Yeah. So many. Here. Um, well, Mark, you correct me if I'm wrong on this, but we're at a really unique junction in joke writing. Mm. We're at a really peculiar place where it's never been harder to write jokes than now because no- I mean, nothing's happened. Well, nothing's happened, and I feel like the population is split. Right. So you don't know who you're talking to and what's funny anymore, (laughs) to a degree. Yeah. Especially if you're doing anything remotely topical or observational. Uh, If you're going up there and doing whimsy and, you know, Dr. Browning it up there, you're you're good. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) In fact, uh, my prediction is that if you are an absurdist, uh, comedian you're you're in the right spot right now mm. because for the observational topical person there's there's some rough terrain ahead i don't feel like audiences can be predicted in the way they used to be you used to arrive at a at lead club and you go there a rough idea of what they're into yeah. <laughs> you know and who they are but now there's this huge rock in the middle of the river around which all the water has to go. Yeah. And some people are going one way and some are going the other and some are just going over it like it's not there and nothing happened. And some people have lost loved ones. Mm. I mean, it is a post-war situation, but there's still some fighting going on. My own wife is uh, in the vulnerable category so my experience of the last 18 months has been horrendous, mm. awful. Like I, the first two weeks of the uh, pandemic, I lay next to my wife, hyperventilating, my heart beating in my chest, thinking, I'm going to lose my wife here. She's going to die. And that was mm. what we were told. I think we've all forgotten how scared shit was. Yeah, yeah. we were like. I was convinced my parents were going to die. Her parents were going to die. But most of all, the woman I love in this world, the mother to my son, is is going to die. And I remember the first time I said this to someone, they said, were you standing over her with a pillow at the time? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, that is that's when the world presents you with a joke and you're fully within your rights to to take that and go, you know, and I have since included that. Yeah when I've tried to relate this to people, Mm. because it's so hard for me to write jokes about the pandemic or about observe life now, when for us, the pandemic's not over. Mm. Freedom Day is a joke, is an absolute insult to people in the vulnerable category, because it suggests, back to normal suggests, let's all go back to 2019. And, you know, the bear is still outside the door. Uh, which leads me to the bit that I, uh, yeah. I was just going to refer back to your bear in the woods joke. And then... 
<laughs> my brother, yeah. It's my brother, in fact. He's come to visit. Who, who actually, incidentally, is also in the vulnerable category because I gave him a kidney a few years ago. Right. <laughs> um, so, you know, I've been really, I think everyone has been struggling to figure out what's funny, what works, what's, what's, uh, uh, what's going to work mm. and where the funny is in this, right? Um, so, so- I don't know how much of this we already talked about, but I think we talked a bit about this. Didn't well, we? at, at your gig. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So did you, did you try that bit about, so you said you did the bit about with the pillow over. So is mm. this how you would get into talking about COVID where you want to just, you're, are you saying to them, everyone's in different camps? It's a bit, mm. and then go into I it should that say way. that. I think probably should. Because that might bring people uh, in a bit just to go, you, mm. you just, you'll make your sort of, Acknowledging. Mm. Yeah, but any t- again, <laughs> similarly, like that's probably not a bad way in. And I have done that way in uh, to go to just put my cards on the table and go, my wife's vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, so my experience of this is probably different to yours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and in that way, <laughs> there's a certain amount of sympathy gained yeah, of course. <laughs> from the word go, yeah. which is no bad thing. No, no. Uh, um, but equally, I'm very conscious of comedians complaining about how difficult they've had it. <laughs> I don't know if you find this, but I've seen various articles pop up here and there about how difficult comics have had it over this thing. And I am 100% aware that lots of my friends have lost their entire livelihood and had to work in supermarkets and elsewhere. But I'm also aware of uh, medical staff that have not even medical staff, people that have just been on reception in places who were just told there's not enough PPE for you. That has to go to the doctors and nurses. You're going to work on reception still if you can wear your own stuff. And they've died. Mm. Like I, I found it a bit hard in my own brain to get to the point of being a whingy comedian again, mm. right? Because it's like, what right do you have to complain now? Yeah. I'm sure in the same way after World War II, boys gave their lives. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to go, what's the deal with these rations? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a tricky... Yeah, yeah. It's just, I, I'm probably too conscious of the tightrope. <laughs> Uh, and should probably just lash into it as hard as I can. Mm. I don't know what your advice would be, but definitely as a as a way in, that has been working. That's good. I think it also punctures the tension, uh, the pillow over the head punctures the tension, but the problem then is you can't do that again. Uh, that's gone now, mm. uh, and any tension that you built can't be returned into it i find uh, yeah. because the next joke in that was was so she didn't die after six months and i thought wow this lady is tough like she has no immune system that's nuts she's the most amazing human being i've ever met in my life that's crazy then 12 months pass all of these people die she's still here and all i can think to myself is there is no killing this woman 
it can't work because you've already stood above her with a pillow. Yeah, and it's the same tension build. Same joke again. Yeah, interesting. So, have you ever mm. tried that without the first bit? No. Yeah, that's that. That's a probably a better joke. And in some ways, the pillow joke annoys me because it's technically not emanating from my brain. Yeah, it was the. A brain of my friend Siobhan, who's in Dairy Girls. Oh. Uh, she was she came up with that line, but um, yes, yeah, so it's probably a better. Do you, bit. do, do so you then, always relay that first joke as in she said it, like your friend no. said it, or do you say, no. "To be fair, I was holding a pillow at the yeah. time." Right. To be fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, but like, like you say, I remember. Do you know Pete Holmes? I, I feel like I should know Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes had a sitcom on HBO called Crashing. Oh, yeah. And yeah. has a podcast called You Made It Weird, which I would totally recommend to your listeners. Yeah. You Made It Weird. Okay. I'll make a note of that. Really deep dive discussions with people like Mike Birbiglia and John Mulaney. Oh, and, oh, it's a magic podcast. Very, very popular in America. Yeah. But he talks about the benefits of having friends in comedy and how. Uh, their view view of you is so invaluable. Like it's it just is the uh, fringe benefit of working in the business and having friends in the business is they get to do material on you in conversation mm-hmm. that you would never material about you on you <laughs> that you would never think of because you're not on the outside looking in at yeah. you. <laughs> so uh, when John Mulaney says to Pete Holmes, you know, you know, Pete, you're like the fun uncle. <laughs> he ha- he says that, like, I'm entitled to that bit. Mm. I'm entitled to use that uh, because, you know, that is still me pro- yeah, being yeah. the fun uncle and providing the, the thing. But embellishing that and going with that is something that he would never probably get to. Mm. And in that way, and the reason why I bring it up, is I haven't had as much con- uh, contact with my friends in comedy as I would like. Mm. None of us have. Yeah. So in that way, I don't know if you found this. These kind of discussions, these podcasts and stuff have been so invaluable and so precious the time together on these chats. Mm. Because traveling in cars to shows, being backstage shows, so much of my stuff came from those conversations. Yeah, yeah. Pints after gigs not even pints, just coffee in the afternoon mm. in a city where you're doing two nights. So much comes from that. Like most of my, I would think a lot of what I do comes out of the natural ebb and flow of conversation. When you're a conversational comic, mm. you're not having conversations. No, You're just talking to this one woman as brilliant as she is. And this 10 year old boy as entertaining as he is. Yeah, yeah. It's just hard, man. Yeah, hard. And comics well, don't pull punches when they're sort of ribbing you about who you are and what you do and what 100%. you say. And it, like you say, yeah, and it's things that you would never have picked up never. on yourself. <laughs> Observations. and But what's great is the audience may have already been thinking this about you. Yes. So Yes, but they couldn't put their finger on yeah. it because they're not comedians. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so the the, the kind of... I guess the there's multiple bits that I I could go through with you, but I've kind of reached the point where 
you know, we're reestablishing what comedy is. Mm. Like I, I've done multiple shows, run my own show. Mark's done it. And uh, <laughs> what was funny, Mark, is last night or Tuesday night, uh, we did it with Tom Lucy, oh, yeah. Ramesh and uh, John uh, Maher was emceeing. He emceed it this time. Okay. And it was so funny. I did a set. Oh. And just the different view that the audience had of you mm. as a comic. Yes, yeah. <laughs> they just don't see you as a comedian no, emceeing. No, no. Right? Especially when it's one you do regularly. It's, uh, oh, it's just the guy that runs the gig. Yes, he's insisting upon getting up. God, yeah, why is he? Why is he talking for so long? Bring the comedians yeah, on. Bring, bring on the acts. Yeah. So, so yeah, I've I'd had some tough nights down there for for that reason, and really started to have a lot of self doubt uh, on the back of it because you're like, well, these work everywhere else. Yeah, yeah. Why are they not working here? And you never want to blame the audience, but to a degree, I now do. Yeah. <laughs> I did the set and it went down great. But like when we're reestablishing what it is, what is funny, where funny lies in this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, what the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm kind of coming back to things like, well, in a splintered society, what are the things that we all have that we all, none of us can deny? I can remember I, I did a few dates with Jack Whitehall. And I remember Jack being in Dublin doing the laughter lounge. And I was, he was saying the same thing. They're like, well, what TV shows does everybody watch now? Mm. Like, what can we all agree that we all watch? Used to be Love Island. No, no. Now, now there's people that like, politically don't watch that. Mm. Uh, and at the time that he was over, I was saying, it's come down with me. At that time, it was come down yeah. with me. That was the compromise TV that everybody watched at that particular moment in time. But what I've got to is our mobile phones. Our mobile phones is the for an observational comic. I, I've written a buttload of stuff on the relationship with that device because it's become so intimate in the last 18 months that I, I really think that's... 
that's the commonality among us all, regardless yeah. of where you stand on things. So I don't know. Do you want me to give you one bit or what, yeah. what are you looking yeah. for? What do yeah, you think? Tell us what, like you would if we were in the green room. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, there's obviously divide with phone people. This look, there's two. There's two bits here. We could this take ages, but <laughs> <laughs> there's two. There's a big. There's two big divides when it comes to phones, isn't there? There's the Android and the Apple yeah. people. Yeah. And I'm in the Apple relationship, but it's such an abusive relationship, right? <laughs> Lots of people are in a marriage with Apple that they don't want to be in, but they've got kids. They've got the watch. They've got the tablet. <laughs> I got to think about my Apple TV. It would just be so hard on the kids if we were to break up. I can't leave this relationship. I have Apple Music. I pay for it every month. All my music would be gone. I mean, I'm not, this isn't the bit itself, but mm. this is the you know, nuts and bolts of it. Uh, and I guess I get, I kind of get into or what I'm heading towards is Apple are have been brought to court over how difficult they've made the relationship. <laughs> they've been told you cannot do that to, to your partner anymore. So they've made. Do you remember moving your phone? If you had to, like my wife said, I don't know what I'd do if I lost my phone. I'm backed up to the cloud. I couldn't give a shit. That's insured. If the phone goes missing, I'm like, fuck it. I'll get a new phone tomorrow. Everything will reappear. But do you remember how hard it was to move from an old phone to a new one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. It was like moving house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. You had to take a day off work. (laughs) (laughs) Then the fucking Wi-Fi would crap out. I had a joke at the time that a watched iPhone never syncs. And you're just looking and stressing the whole time. And if it went wrong, like you would lose, like there was, <laughs> it was like, a, it was like a house fire. You would lose baby photos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, documents, notes. Like I have a hole in my timeline of Mikey's life. <laughs> I attribute it to a, a really bad phone move. <laughs> went horribly wrong. Um, <laughs> And so, look, I'm not doing the bit because I hate retelling bits. And that was my my concern with this coming on your podcast. But that's the nuts and bolts of it. Mm. And also the relationship with the phone. Like the phone is your best friend. Yeah, yeah. Like your, your phone is involved. Like think of the most. Your your phone knows everything everything about you stuff your friends would never know Mm. including what porn you're into like (laughs) you would never tell your friends that Uh, they might find it out somehow (laughs) but you'd never ask them to search for it with you (laughs) oh that's really funny yeah yeah like there's so much in this man like i like i feel like i've hit pay dirt Mm. when you think about your phone is so nosy. Like it's, it's like, did I hear you mention that you want to go on holiday? 
Like, yeah. fuck off. <laughs> Don't try and sell me. Like, your phone is like a really dodgy, mm. like... I heard you mention that you sprained your ankle the other day. Well, I can sell you these really good cool packs for the swelling. You're like, fuck off. There's there's a real there's a real bitterness to the friendship with the phone because he's a friend who's always trying to take advantage of you. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, that's where I am at the moment. Yeah. What what occurs to you as I say that? Well, what how has that gone? Have you have you said anything? Have you done it live? Bits and pieces. Uh, never as a like. Do they get on belt? My my ambition with all of my bits is like I think the top of the tree in terms of my style is uh, Brian Regan. John Mulaney, I'd be heavily American influenced mm. as people that can take uh, something tiny and rinse yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels to, to me the point where it's like you can't do jokes about that. Yeah, that that's Charlotte's bit. Mm. I f- yeah, I feel like there's there's so much you can do with it, and I I, I like the um the the, the comparing it to the relationship and then going into more detail like because the fact that they're in court and and then the nose you start your it's really progressing nicely and it starts kind of almost positive that it's sort of your best friend and and then yeah. and then you the, the nosy stuff is great because that that's i think they know yeah, think so much about, about you. finding finding the point you would never ask your friend to i, come I really i really them. like like with you like what look, look it up search yeah. for it with you <laughs> let's do it together it'll be fun yeah <laughs> but that's nice so 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 uh, the first bit was did, was it oh no 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 you weren't you weren't comparing it to a relationship where you? you were saying oh it's a bit you say it's a bit like breaking up because of the kids and i like that i, yeah. I love that you got to think about the kids yeah. now like you can't it's not just me it's you know, how would yeah. it affect everyone else around you? Yeah, it's, it's, I'm not in this. A lot of us are in the relationship with Apple, not by choice. Yeah. But it's just, they're kind of the first person that you went out yeah, with. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and then and then you got to know their... I, li- I like that each device is another person. It's almost like... It's mm. like... Well, I misunderstood you. When you first said uh, about the kids... I thought you were like referring to the watch as well. That's one of your kids, and then there's all these other. Yeah, and I guess I kind of was that. Yeah, like to an extent, the impact of breaking up with my iPhone would have such far-reaching, yeah, like difficulties. It would throw a spanner in the works for everything. Yeah, <laughs> like all of those devices <laughs> wouldn't know what hit them. <laughs> they'd never be the same again you can use all the language that you would in relation to a, a difficult breakup and you know putting the kids in new schools dividing my time among each of them yeah yeah you know um, might be... who gets what in the relationship you know it might be funny like the, the like if you did bring another device from another company into this scenario it's like mm. a stepdad coming in or or someone and just how difficult it is between them. I feel like there's something there, how 
the devices yeah. you could voice you could yeah. put a voice on each device as if they were talking to each other uh, yeah i've never ever i have done like i have anthropomorphized technology before in that i used to have this bit about i think you may have seen it about the printer and how the printer is the least reliable employee in your home office oh, yeah. that everybody else is just working away but he's the loudest most annoying prick who has <laughs> one job to do makes a big song and dance out of it acts like he's never heard of the concept of printing each time <laughs> <laughs> like, and I gave him a voice and the difficulty I found with giving voices to those objects is that so many accents and uh, personas when you're making them into the idiot you have to be so careful right you should be so yeah. careful like mm. someone stopped me once and said you've given that printer you've gone on about how stupid this printer is and then you've given it a north side dublin accent that's not right oh, and they were right that was stupid that like it'd be the same as kind of giving it like a chavy voice yeah here that's it. you know it's like no you can't do that you know you 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 have to walk that line quite carefully when you're anthropomorphizing an iphone or a yeah. tablet i guess also if you had a could you do it if you your point was like if you got a lesser, I know because you're still going to be having a pop at someone. That, that, <laughs> but again, this yeah. is probably you know again part of my like other comics wouldn't think about that. Mm. Don't give a shit. You just be like, look, that's the voice of the fucking watch. Yeah, I really do worry about that stuff. Because even if you put on like a thick voice, do you know what I mean it still has kind of yeah. still has yeah it's it's got some learning difficulty yeah. element to it, but yeah like I. So the other bit connected to this is that uh, above your phone is the service provider, right? And uh, I always maintain that it's amazing to me that during lockdown, nobody ever considered cancelling their mobile phone contract. Never left the house, mm. never went anywhere, always on Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah. At no point did any of us think, what the fuck am I paying £100 to O2 every month? Mm. No one. And I maintain that part of that is hope. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we all thought we were going to get out. But another part of it is O2 takes the same approach to trying to sell us phones that married men take to getting to have sex with their wives. <laughs> Constant, never-ending offer. The offer is always on the table <laughs> at every moment and at every turn. Uh, I see you're bending over to get clothes out of the washing machine. Would you like a new phone? Yeah. <laughs> that bit has worked and is longer, is way longer. Because uh, you could, and it's a whole you, another branch. Of yeah, because you could see, you could, um, you could compare it to uh, someone else trying to seduce your wife. Ah, uh, yes, and then yeah, and then yeah. you say. And then you are, you offer them something, her something that's a bit better or a bit more convenient, perhaps. Yeah. Convenient's quite a good. Yeah. I like that, that there's kind of two hunks in the town. Yeah, yeah. Vodafone and O2. <laughs> <laughs> there's the nerdier, uh, uh, R, uh, what is the other network? I don't even what really do you, know what his what name. What did you just say? Vodafone <laughs> EE is one? EE, yeah. He's, he's kind of the 
the the more suave. Yeah. Just just as good as the other two guys, but not been around just, as long. Not been around as long. <laughs> not a, doesn't know as many people. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you see, the, like I just think, Mark, there's so much territory in this, mm. and it's it's all relatable. It. Like it's so oh, to yeah. everybody. There's everyone. There's no, and mm. like that's been the struggle. I'll be honest with you. I, I have been on stage after this. Uh, the first time we've been allowed back up, I've been like, what do we all know now? Because we don't even agree on what, whether we should do the most we can to save old people and vulnerable people, which is what you would have thought is the basic yeah, yeah. of us all is that we'd never let an old man die mm. or do something that could jeopardize someone who's terminally ill. We don't agree on that anymore. Mm. Yeah. And when you've got somebody in your family who has a long-term illness that isn't going to end well, hold the phone, Mark, one sec. I bet this happens all the time. I'll just get this door one sec. But you know what that was at the door? Amazon. Amazon delivering a fan. It's always Amazon. Something that you, you could really do I know. right now. It's always, I, it happens in every episode with me and it's my mum's bought something. And it's always, it's always <laughs> Amazon. Always. Something yeah. else that the, you can relate, people can relate to there, mate. That's true as well. I have a, I'm trying to work on a bit with that. Yeah, that's very true actually, but I should write that down because that's a universal. Yeah, right? yeah. So yeah. Especially since that's one thing that's come out of lockdown that is even more universal because that's everyone yeah. uses amazon all the time. even the people that didn't used to do now because they suddenly dis- discovered how easy it is yes yeah so there's definitely st- and home there. shopping delivery yeah yeah oh yeah exactly yeah uh um i wish we could do two hours <laughs> well we, we should, yeah great fun definitely come back on man Jonathan Reagan! Ha ha hashtag Awuga to Jonathan Reagan. Um, great stuff. Any feedback at Jokes with Mark across all social media. What a great chat. Great. I, I remember when we were having a chat, I was thinking, God, this is this good. This is a good chat. This is good. <laughs> this is good. This is good. This is good comedy chat. Solid mm. comedy chat from a very good comedian. Oh, I just got a video. Oh. Uh, so I just got a had an email then, Joel. That's very unprofessional. That's, that's very exciting. Very well, unprofessional. Glad, glad you're letting us all know. Uh, yes. Um, Joel. How rarely do you get emails that that's your reaction to getting Oh, email? it came and it said something creator video. And I was like, oh, I did the gig. It's, it's a video from the gig. It's because it looked unusual in the subject. Okay. It took my attention. Okay. okay. Sorry, Joel. I do apologise, Joel. And I just got another one. Blood blooming. Oh, oh great stuff. Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you want to listen to the bonus Jardif, uh stuff, it's find us at uh, patreon.com forward slash jokes with Mark. Uh, mm-hmm. And like we said earlier, we have an extra little section now because uh, one of our top tier patrons is having a bit of trouble with one of their jokes. Um, so I thought I would... I thought I would uh, tell you the joke and then we could have a little chat about it. See what you think, Joe. Go for it. Um, um, 
Um, <laughs> um, found it. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, so first of all, he's just asking if I know of any jokes of a similar sort of vibe. Um, so it's uh, with no skin in the game as the punchline. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Off the top of my head, can't think of any. Can't think of any. Um, so he, he thinks he thinks it might be a bit niche. Uh, the guy in the board game operation who actually does have skin in the game as the thing. Okay. And then he said, or a He-Man board game with Skeletor. So mm-hmm. I like I like the fact that he's thinking game is like it's making it work on both sides of the joke. Skin yeah. in the game and then actually being in a game. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's have a little think about this. This the game operation, my first thought is skin isn't involved, is it? I can't remember skin being involved. Because what is is the organs, right? Can I be honest with you, Joel? I've never yeah. played it. You never played Operation? I've never, never. I know what it is. I've never played it. Never played it. Oh, Joel's having a little Google. He's having a little I'm look. Look. A little bit of, I'm looking oh, at the game board. Let's have a little look, see if there's any skin in the actual game. Cause that, that, so the trouble then is that I don't think the Operation will work if there is no skin involved. Right? But it will, because there is literally no skin in the game. Oh, do you mean... So, 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 so it's the board... I see. I don't really know. Is the board uh, the human, the person, and then you've got to put take out their pick, organs? You've got to take take bits out of them. Yeah. Right. So um, so is there? A, so but I don't think I don't think any of the pe- I don't think any of the things you have to take out are skin related. No, but the actual board is a human, but there's no skin yes. on them. There is skin on them. Oh, there is skin on them. So there is skin yeah. in the game. I guess so. Yeah. I feel like it's too. Com- I feel like it's too much. To, to, it- yeah, and also you need the other meaning of no skin in the game, which is you're not invested in the game. Yes. So. So yeah. So how? So that character, the character of the person being operated on, mm. he hasn't got any. Uh, he quite literally has skin in the game. He has skin in the game. Yeah. <laughs> so he's an investor. <laughs> did you know? Uh, did you know that the uh, guy? being operated on in the game operation actually is one of the co-founders yes he's got skin in the game doesn't feel right no <laughs> i mean it's sort of it's technically it's sort of, it, it, it sort of technically it's just not works, funny yeah. in that form i don't think so then okay so could you say oh oh there's the guy light bulb the guy, light bulb light bulb the guy, the guy who invented operation actually modeled the body on himself but he has he so got skin you, in the game He's got a skin in the game. The, did you know that the first version of Operation was actually real live action? <laughs> he, and, it, it was, and he did it on himself. And he did it on himself. Yeah, you might yeah. say he had skin in the game. <laughs> I just, just can't Delivered imagine, like well, that as well. Just imagine someone say. doing that at an open mic. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's put a pin in Operation. That doesn't feel mm-hmm. quite right. But if you're listening to this and you've got any uh, light bulb moments yourself... Tap us up on at jokes with Mark, and we'll we'll have us chat on there about it. Um, or a He-Man board game with Skeletor. So, so the first thing is, is there one? It's not. A, does it matter that there's? It's not a commonly known thing. Could you? Does it matter in the setup of a joke if you just say because it's believable? Did you know there's a He-Man? Uh, so Skeletor isn't actually that. Um, doesn't actually make that much effort in the He-Man board game. Well, he hasn't got any skin in the game. That mm. feels all right, actually. 
Yeah. Can he you say board game, game and game? He doesn't. Have, what's that? Is it okay to say board game and then game? Oh no, no, no you, you change that. Um, but what? Yeah. So that he. Oh, that's annoying. That's yeah, like one of those it? things that we speak. We're talking about the other day. That there's no other word for a board game, is there? Really? Um, yes. Come on, there must be. Must be another word for a, the the yearly board. Oh. What? <laughs> so you got? Could you give Table examples top. of other ones instead of Monopoly? Like this year, instead of this Christmas, instead of Monopoly, we played the he- Monopoly and list a few. Uh, we, instead we, of Monopoly, we played the He-Man version. Instead of normal Monopoly, we played the He-Man version, version. of Monopoly because they do different. Yeah, Monopoly. They do. do. So instead of a normal Monopoly, we played the He-Man version. Skeletor didn't try very hard. Well, he hasn't got any skin in the game. That kind of feels. Okay, it's not perfect. Or could you? Or is it better if you say you were playing Monopoly with the guys from He Man? But he wouldn't have skin in the and game. It still needs. Yeah, he would still need to be a character within the game, wouldn't he? To make it would, to make yeah. it perfect, we want a perfect joke here. We don't want. Or could you just say you were playing He Man chess? They brought out. Have you seen? They brought out a He Man version of chess. But, but oh, you mean so the characters so you, would so you be avo- the ones that you're moving around? Yeah, so you avoid saying board game at all. Yeah, I guess yeah, Monopoly yeah. also works. So yeah. you've got the He-Man, yeah, Skeletor. But why would Skeletor not be invested? There's no Skeletor character. No, Skeletor, what isn't that infused about it? Yeah, it's weird, he isn't it? Uh, I guess it's because he hasn't got any skin in the game. Or that all the He-Man characters. Have invested in a, a chess version, a He-Man chess. <laughs> all the He-Man characters. Uh, what's the What's the world called? The um, I don't know. Is there a? Is this the oh Eternia? Not sure, but Eternia. that's. I don't think people I'm sure would it's know Eternia. that. So an Eternia version of chess. Although Skeletor doesn't seem that involved well he hasn't got any skin in the game mm. feels forced it feels forced oh yeah Let's put a little in bit. that one <laughs> any other ideas i had an idea joel go on taxidermy oh okay a taxidermy competition mm-hmm, does mm-hmm. that sound too ridiculous no so uh so so my mate's not very good at my mate, my mate doesn't try very hard. Hasn't tried very hard in a taxidermy competition. Well, he hasn't got his skin in the game. Yeah, it doesn't, it's not funny, is it? No, because skin in the game means that you are. That uh, why would he not have skin in the game? Why would he be in a taxidermy competition he if yeah, he wasn't well, interested in winning it? If, what a mad thing! And to... also, why would he be in it if he hasn't got any skin? Well, what if he forgot to bring his the thing he was going to stuff? I don't know. Oh, is, how what would you call that? The outer casing. <laughs> well, no, you just say twice. like the the corpse or the body or something. Oh, it's horrible, you? though, isn't it? <laughs> My mate came last in, the in a taxidermy competition because he forgot to bring his dead pet. I don't know. I, Ultimately, the judges said he didn't have any skin in the game. No, it didn't really make any sense. Does it doesn't really make any sense. Okay. What's interesting about it is it seems like a really a good a really good phrase for a joke. Yeah. Because it is such a weird phrase. But the trouble but, um, is, the actual core of skin in an actual yeah. game, I think it's the issue, because there isn't really yeah. any... And no. also, if there was an obvious one, that joke would have been done a million times. That's why I was thinking about when you when you know when you play shirts and skin sometimes when you do sport? 
Oh, yeah. But I don't really know how that would work. You always wear shirts. It hasn't got any skin. Because you, you still would have skin. Under you're too embarrassed. Yeah, but you're too embarrassed to take off your top or something. I don't know. No, but you still would have skin. Yeah. Um, snakes. They shed their skin. They do shed their... Yeah, snakes and ladders. Snakes and ladders. Snakes and ladders. <laughs> but he, sh- he just shed his... You could have to say skin. I tried to play. A, I tried to play a real life version of snakes and ladders. The, the snake kept shedding. The snake wasn't very interested. He kept, he kept shedding. Well, he hadn't got any skin um, in the game. Yeah. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, I, I'm coming to see you do a gig on Friday, Mark. Can you try all of these? <laughs> no, all of these my out. Joke. This is not my joke, Joel. Um, yeah, but point. if you uh, want to, if you've got any ideas, let, do let us know at jokes with Mark. Uh, is there anything we've missed? Or are we wrong? Let us know at Jokes with mm. Mark. Um, and we'll let you know next week. Any feedback from that? Um, all right, Joel, we've been talking a lot there, so let's um, have. so let's crack let's let's crack on and wait for next week's episode. Um, anything more for you, Joel? Nothing more for me, Mark. Anything more for you? Nothing more for me, Joel. Hashtag Aruga, everybody. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.